0: For everything you need to know about Mercedes Monet's AEW debut, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from.
1: Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over twenty years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. once you close those doors, it's a fog. I never felt so close to God than that moment.
0: What three wrestling matches would you watch if you were stranded on a desert island? This is what I'm asking wrestlings best. In the ring, around the ring, behind the scenes, or behind a microphone. I'm Tom Campbell. Thank you for joining me on Cultaholic Island for another episode of Desert Island Graps.
1: Thunder Driver!
0: Ladies and gentlemen, here is your winner, and new NWA Women's World Champion, Thunder Rosa! Still history has been made, Thunder Rosa, the first Mexican-born NWA World Women's Champion rosa the 29th woman to hold on to that
1: championship holding on to history and look at that
0: the face on thunder rosa says it all she's worked so hard her whole life for this moment for this opportunity to become our new nwa world women's champion thunder rosa how are you doing i am
1: excellent right now i mean yes (laughs)
0: I'm great we can we can go behind the curtain I've seen your instagram story it's been a slightly stressful day
1: but you know I don't even know why like it's just been like like little you know like those like th- th- those days like you just wake up and you just like don't wake up in a good mood and I'm like just reminding myself you cannot be in a bad mood you're like blessed you woke up like healthy you ate pretty well you know it's just like I didn't do certain stuff yesterday because I was exhausted and then um and then I woke up this morning and then you have to wake up walk the dog you know wash the dishes there was a little like my husband got a little incident so I had to take care of that and I'm like and I think I'm stressed out too because I have to turn in my car to the shop because I got into an accident like two weeks ago and I'm gonna be carless for like two weeks because I was supposed to go to Japan but I'm not going to Japan so I'm just gonna be stuck in my house so I'm like Ugh! that's like you know, hours alive. life it's it's whatever you know people have like deeper issues in life and I'm just complaining about like millennia, millennial stuff.
0: It's okay sometimes to get a bit wrapped up in, in what we call champagne problems. Right. It's okay. So if you've got no car and you've got nowhere to be, um, what's what are you going to do? Is it is it a lot of Netflix for you? No,
1: actually, what I'm trying to do is we still have one more car. My husband has a car too.
0: We got two cars. So what I'm going to do
1: is I'm going to have to wake up super early anyways, driving to work and then keep the car because I train in the mornings. So I don't want to keep like I don't want to skip morning trainings unless I'm really tired and I don't wake up <laughs> like today. Right. Um, so is I will just do that. Well, I mean, I'll, we always figure it out. I can't, you know, I can't stay at home because I, you know, I I sell stuff on Big Cartel, which you guys can go on thunderosa dot dot com, and we're like uploading so many new merchandise this week. Um, I'm getting a super dope poster, like old school poster, 11 by 17 that I just got. Um design and i'm super excited i always like to design things that nobody else is doing and this one is really really cool so i'm really excited about that and then um okay yeah i have like action figures that have been stuck at the border that they're in here pretty soon (laughs) so and they're handmade so i only made like six of them like my my guy like painted them by hand and everything they're like super cool so they're gonna be on my on my big cartel i'm just like like i said it's like Stupid things like piss me off, but like when I think about the, the new things and the, and like these creative wise, what, what are we working on for, for the brand and, like excites me? But yeah, I'm going to have a card to like, so I can send all of your guys' orders.
0: That's so exciting. The action figures I'm excited by. Did you, what was your favorite toy growing up?
1: Uh, Man, you know what? I didn't really have that many toys. We were four girls, so we were all passing each other's toys. So what do I have? I had this bike, man. This, like, super dope bike, 1970s. I forgot the brand. I got into so many accidents in it. That was, like, my favorite toy. Because I was always, like, I was a tomboy, so I was always, like, uh, you know, trying to get in trouble and stuff. And that was my favorite thing. I was really sad that it got all messed up, you know, throughout the years, because I had it outside in
0: Mexico. Although it got messed up, some great memories with it, though.
1: Oh, absolutely amazing memories with it. Like, no, I'm I'm telling you, that's why I remember the the most memorable one was when I got into an accident because I ran out of, my brakes broke. So I was going downhill and I remember yelling, I have no brakes, oh my God. And then I turned, crashed
0: into a car. Oh my God. (laughs) It was very dramatic. You're, yeah, that was the main. The main thing is you're okay. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited for the day you write your book or a survival book. Oh, no.
1: Believe me, man, we used to like. Oh man, we used to get in so much trouble. There's like uh, walls in between every house in Mexico, and we were so mischievous. It was like a group of two boys, three three boys, me and another girl, and my little sister. But my little sister, she was a little punk. Like she was always crying. I hated playing with her. She was always crying. Um, <laughs> we would always get on on the walls, like on the edge of the walls, and just be, like, climbing on that stuff. And um, and the neighbors used to hate us because after we climbed the walls, we'd we'll be jumping on people's roofs. So we'll be playing like that. We, dude, we were just, like, do some stupid stuff all the time. And I remember one time, like, there's like this, like, really loud beetles. They are like, green. I don't know what they're calling them in the in, in, in english but in mexico they're called mayates we were terrified of them because they were so big and they're like when they fly over you like sometimes they hit you and you can feel how how heavy they were so i remember we we're on the wall <laughs> and my sister was terrified of them so one of them hit her and she was walking on the wall she fell off the wall to the the hard ground and that wall wasn't oh. that small she just got this big ass bruise on her hip thankfully he didn't broke a li- I'm the, surprised that we didn't break a leg or an arm or got a concussion because we were always falling and, yeah, we were doing some parkour stuff.
0: Again, I'm looking forward to the book slash The Survival Guide. (laughs) Now, the reason that you're here today with us is because we're sending you on a desert island. Yes. Now, um, obviously, you haven't got a car, so it's fine. Uh, We'll sort you out with a boat to get you there, presumably. And while you're there, uh, we're going to burn onto a DVD three wrestling matches that you can watch whilst you're on the island. And uh, I'd like you to tell us your first wrestling match that you'd like, please.
1: Uh, It will be HBK versus Ric Flair, their retirement match. Remember the story of Old Yeller?
0: They loved that dog. But when it was time, they had to take that dog out back and finish him. Come Sunday, the showstopper's going to take Get you out of your misery. Me right now, 16 time world heavyweight champion, the nature boy Rick Flair. Rick, woo! Rick, tonight it could all come to an end. A career threatening match on the biggest stage in sports entertainment against the guy they call Mr. WrestleMania, Shawn Michaels. With so much to lose with a 35 year career, perhaps on the line. What's your game plan?
1: My game plan?
0: To be the man.
1: Woo! Not only this match is so emotionally charged, it was like, um, it was so good, psychology wise. And the build up to it. I mean, they've been wrestling for years and they're like the biggest stars in WWE and um this is when I first started like watching wrestling a lot and um and then it really like I remember crying when HBK did the the super kick, you know. And like yeah I think everybody at one point has done the the whole Sorry I love you and then they super kick their friend like playing around and I still do it until now and that's I mean it's been a while since this match was last on 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 TV and people still talk about it. <laughs>
0: It's it's an incredible match. Uh where were you when you watched it?
1: I think I was in San Diego. I was yeah, I was in San Diego and, um, and we've been watching like the whole um prelude to that to that match and I was just like I don't know, I was just like oh my god, I can't believe it you know and also like watching it when my husband when he when he was my boyfriend at the time. So yeah, I was crying and I remember when I was crying, he's like, Are you crying? And I'm like, No, I'm not crying. I'm not crying. Drago. It's
0: okay. Drago, Drago, can sense how upset you are remembering the <laughs> the the Flair Michaels match. I think that's what it is. You were you're quite new to wrestling at that point. What was it that got you into wrestling in the first place?
1: It was my husband, honestly. Like, um, he took me to a a house show. We went with a couple of friends, and then he was a really big wrestling fan. He was uh, really into uh, um the Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, he really liked him, and then um. He really used to, he he really used to follow WWE when he was younger, and then um, when I got with him, he was like, yeah, I like wrestling and stuff. So we went to that one first, and then our next big show was when I was in college, and his friend got extra tickets, and we went to um, uh, WrestleMania 25. That was like my first big experience with res- with wrestling, and then after that, uh, we started watching like live shows in in Oakland. This is like years after we went to that uh, WrestleMania 25. And um and I just became really involved in in the whole scene as a fan, you know. And I really enjoy it because I was like, the show that we used to go to, it would you pretty much could be like whoever you wanted to be. Like it it was hood slam, so everybody was getting wasted, drunk, and stuff. And it was just very adult. It was for adults, you know. And and it was just like a getaway from everything. And like all the all the wrestlers knew me because I was so loud and so obnoxious. Like, yeah. And then my husband was like, I think you should fucking sorry for my language. I think you should just wrestle. And I'm like, man, I don't know how to tumble. I don't know how to roll. I don't know how to do nothing. He's like, you're athletic enough. You'll do it. And you know, I tried it and I fell in love with it. And that changed my whole life with you know fitness, with with dieting, with with becoming a, a professional athlete. I think that's I think that's what really got me moving. It was. the the opportunity that you have to transform your body to um to challenge yourself in a in a mental and spiritual way like you i never did before ever in my life because i never really was allowed to practice any sports and i knew i was very very athletic you know and um and wrestling was uh, the the platform for me to try different sports to the next level
0: if you don't mind me asking why weren't you able to practice any sports
1: my parents one my parents didn't have money or the time to take me to practices and stuff like that um, also they were like scared that I will get hurt like they always I remember I signed up for, for soccer when I was in uh, my junior year in high school in Mexico and I told them and I went to the first, I went to a tryout and I remember being super tired and I told them hey I'm, I'm signing up for soccer and, um, and they're like no you can't you got to work, you know, cause like at that time, um, we were going through a very precarious financial situation and like my, my dad didn't have a job. My mom lost her job. Um, so I was like pretty much the only one who was bringing in money for the fam. And I had like two jobs. So I, I couldn't really like go to practice because I had to go to work at, n- at night. And, um, yeah, so like in Mexico, that was like the main reason we did not have enough money for me to go to like to do soccer or basketball or whatever, I mean, I remember doing it when I was, like, nine years old, but I was going on my own. Like, I was walking to practice. I was, like, walking, like, two miles to practice and back because uh, school was uh, – in Mexico, the school is different. So, you go in the morning – there's morning and evening. I used to go in the evening. So, in the mornings, I used to practice basketball. And it was really sad because I really, really enjoyed playing basketball. But there was, like, my parents um, were – my dad was working and my mom was not, you know, the most supportive person at the time because she was going through some personal stuff. And you know I will go to like games on my own, you know, and I, I remember like feeling sad about it, but it was just like that's what made me stronger when I was older. I was like, okay, well, if there's no support, I'll, at least you know, it's something that I love. I'm just gonna keep doing it. And I always, I was always very, I was always very like strong-minded on that aspect. And the same thing happened with wrestling. My dad loves wrestling, so he was super like, excited about me wrestling, but he doesn't like the fact that I get hit and I can get hurt. My mom could not take it. Like, she gets anxiety attacks when she sees me wrestle. So she only comes, says hi, and then she leaves. Like I said, my mom hates the fact that I'm a pro MMA fighter now, and I'm a wrestler. But when I went and showed her the title, the same with my dad. My dad, like, he's always been very proud, and he's always bragging to everybody that he can. Like he has a very famous, quote-unquote, uh, professional wrestler daughter. When I showed them the title, like my mom almost cried when I told her the story of, you know the NWA and and what it means to like women's wrestling. So uh, the same with my dad, he was super excited holding my like, two titles from like two different places. So um, yeah, they 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 are because like they don't. My other sisters they are like they're normal. You <laughs> know they don't practice sports They're marry they and have kids. And um, the wild title, I was I always said I was the boy of the house.
0: Um, to talk about the, the title, of course, we talk about, uh, the NWA, uh, women's world championship. Uh, you, you wear it with such pride and, and I've seen so many pictures of you sort of emulating, uh, NWA women's champions of the past. Cause this is a belt that you hold right now that has an incredible lineage and, and you're really writing new pages of its history.
1: Yes, it is. And, um, you, you know, the more that I, that, that I read about it and the more that I read about, you know, NWA, the territories and the, the, the such a rich history that this title has um, to, like, now carry it, it just means so much because it is not only, like, it's, it's wrestling history. You're talking about just, like, women's rights and and, and then women's oppression and, 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 like, deeper than that, you know, because, like. I mentioned this before, and many years, for many years, like women were not allowed to wrestle in the United States, and like people, like g- the ladies could not defend the championship. They, they couldn't do it in some in some places, so they had to wrestle men, which now is like kind of like frowned upon. But um, you know, now it's just like that. The steps that the, the new NWA is taking, it, it just tells you that it's a, it's a progression, and you know, in our society, and, and where like they're looking at people of color to keep this
0: title and and, and to defend the title which to me means so much. When you look back at um, the NWA women's champions of the past, if there's one that you could go back and face one-on-one, who would it be?
1: Mildred Burke. She was a badass. Definitely, definitely, definitely
0: is Mildred Burke. That does it. Once again, Mildred Burke emerges
1: world champion woman wrestler. Listen to that ovation.
0: Yes, indeed. The fast-changing world we live in. Man, move over. Your second match for your DVD, then Thunder Rosa. Uh, what would what would you like your second match to be? Hey, another one. It was a build-up. WrestleMania
1: 25. HBK vs. The Undertaker. <laughs>
0: It's just begun
1: i love Shawn michaels because he's i mean he, like, he calls himself he's a shell stopper you know like everybody knows about Shawn michaels period even even now that like, he's not wrestling and he he's super big in texas so you
0: know so it's, it, it's oh yeah of course he's he's from that neck of the woods isn't he so he's a yeah. he's a he's a he's a wrestling legend in that part uh, you were there live didn't you just did you say earlier you were there at wrestlemania 20? Yeah, I
1: was, and um that's another match that I'm like from beginning to end like I really really enjoy watching from the entrance to the finish you know and like the storytelling they didn't do a lot of moves or anything like that it's just the storytelling and the and the the backstory
0: Lord have mercy Drax you
1: always he's he's out of control man he's out of control
0: Drago's an excitable doggo. He's just, he just, he agrees with you on your match choice.
1: No, he's just like, he hears that noise or like the the neighbors are coming and he starts, he's a good boy. He tells me when somebody's coming and say hi. Hi. Shut up. Okay.
0: (laughs) Hi, Drago. He's like, don't talk to me. (laughs) I'm too busy. I'm too busy telling you when the neighbors are coming. I know. I have a job to do today. Would you say Shawn Michaels is up there in your all-time top ten? I
1: would think so, yes. Definitely. Him, Sherry, Sherry Martell is another one that I really studied before I started wrestling because of how good she was in anything that she did. And she didn't get a lot of credit either,
0: which was really, really sad. But <clears throat> but Yeah. There were months. she was very much seen as a um, as, as a valet when a lot of people do forget that she was an incredibly accomplished performer as well
1: absolutely absolutely I mean I've seen her matches and there was one I was like I was studying her for a little bit and I really enjoy when she had that um little storyline with Luna Vashon and how intense they were on each and every single promo that they could oh, <gasps> this day for I will haunt
0: your very breath. I will be your shadow in the darkness. And then soon, very, very soon, I will wipe you from this earth. And I, Luna Vashon, I will be the goddess of the
1: square circle. I- So by the time they got into the ring, people were just, like, ready for it. And I honestly, that, that's one of the things that I like to do. And now it's easier for us because we have Twitter. So you can tweet some nasty stuff, and, and, and it's, it's on, you know, get people's attention and, and people be into it. Like um, this last match that, um, of course, you know, Melina just, you know, stepped out of the, the ring because she knows she's going to get it when she gets in the ring with me. Um you know people were super excited to see it's like you know chunk in the ring but the most i get the most important part we got everybody interested in our match the same with Alice and k and i i mean something that we we had a build up she said some very personal stuff to me on social media which i really took you know to the next level like making fun of me when i got on the ring when i got on the in the cage because i lost and you know it's okay I, I lost my first mma match and that was my first fight ever in my life and I didn't have a lot of time to train, but you know what? Fine, you know, I, I, it just shows you that no matter what you throw at me, I'm not gonna go and 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 give up. You know, I'm just gonna give everything that I that I have, and that's what happened when we had our match.
0: Before we get into the the MMA stuff uh, to to talk about Alison K and and your your Twitter back and forth, it's one of these really wonderful occasions. Where the sizzle matches the steak, because the hype was there between you two, and then you guys had your match at hard times, and then the the majority of people I've spoken to have said that was the match that stole the night.
1: There was, I will say, we had no choice but to show people that we not only can, you know, hype this thing up, and it's not, it wasn't hype; it was like some real stuff. Like we wanted to show everybody that this was gonna be a real fight. I mean, Alison, she she held the title for two hundred and seventy two days you know and um and i was coming very hungry like and you know i know melina sent me to like finish a job and i finished the job because I you know she couldn't finish it so there was no no other person than rosta that could finish this job but me you know so um for people to say that we stole the show i mean it's 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 really humbling and, and it just tells you that you know women's wrestling is going to another level and like and allison and i were just not you know your typical wrestlers we're we're, we're fighters, you know, and we we didn't go without a fight. And and um, on every on every bump, on every and everything we did, we told the story. And the story was that you know she was she was there and she knew she was gonna get it. And and for me, it was that was my moment to show what all these people have been missing all these years and all this all the the no's that people gave me because you know my character wasn't good enough or I was a uh, knockoff of um rosemary which everybody says that or used to say
0: really yeah man they used to say it all the time or because you have oh because you have face yes. paint and that's the and that's the end
1: oh, who's uh, the a w guy that he paints his, he paints his face they always say that too and they're darby I'm allen i'm a knockoff of darby allen which i've been using the face paint before anybody so it was like like those kind of stuff so i was like okay so that shows on on hard times like how different i am from all these people
0: you're a big part of nwa as we've been talking about the nwa women's champion you're going to be a part of the crockett cup aren't you oh
1: yes i am gonna be there man and pre-sale tickets are on so everybody can get them at national just to mention all the tickets that are 100 price point are sold out which is like the first front row um you guys should totally go there uh, we're gonna have some amazing matches the one that has been super hyped is Marty Skol versus Nick Aldis. You know, they're going he's going for the ten pounds of gold. And this is not the first time that they face each other, but you know what? Every time they are in the ring, uh they create magic. Um and there's many, many other uh awesome matches that are gonna be there, it's uh, gonna be at the Gateway Center Arena at College Park in Georgia. So uh, it's, I mean, it's a great way too for you guys to do like a, a wrestling trip and, and and do something different. We are really, really, really pushing this show. I mean, we want to expand the NWA not only for the studio but for like bigger arenas. And I think this is like a great opportunity for us to like to start. The sh- I mean, there's not bad seat mm-hmm. in this in this arena. So you guys definitely should come again.
0: When Alison Kay was on this show uh, a couple of weeks back, I said like how excited I was, champion at the bit to eventually see you and Alison Kay go at it. And I said this to her because uh, not only are you both accomplished wrestlers, but you also have uh, MMA chops as well. And and you are balancing both a wrestling career and an MMA career at the same time. Yes, man. How do you how do you do that? Because it's
1: I don't know. <laughs> um. Well, the way that I balance it out is. Um, it's, I'm like, I, I breathe. Um, it's hard. It's very hard, dude. Um, like my first fight, I thought, you know, Oh, I'll be fine. I, you know, I'll just go and wrestle on the weekends and I train on on, during the week. But sometimes after like having Friday, Saturday and Sunday from wrestling, I will come so messed up. And I would just have to go to training like that, you know? So, but my training was like, instead of training hundred percent, I was training like 60% because I was, I was always like, something was injured. I like first up and then you come and then you have to learn all this different techniques and stuff. And I was just like, Oh, Jesus Christ. Like why I got myself into, then I got in the cage. And the feeling that you get getting in the cage is completely different than the feeling of getting in the ring, you know? Cause once you close those doors, it's like, it's a fog. It's like, literally I can tell you right now, I can close my eyes. And see the fog and see your opponent who's laughing at you, who's like pretty much saying, I'm gonna beat your ass and you're not gonna, you know, I'm gonna KO and everybody's gonna make fun of you. And then just like, Jesus Christ. You don't feel anything. It's like you get hit, you you know, all this stuff, you don't feel anything but adrenaline. And it's just like, I never felt so close to God than that moment. It was insane. And just like, you don't hear anybody but your coaches and the person is in front of you. I couldn't hear like the fans like yelling or, nothing like in, in 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 wrestling yeah i'm paying attention to what the fans are saying so i can feed you know i can feed that energy to like what i'm doing but here is like you're completely like tunnel vision focused on the person that is in front of you so um just now knowing that and now not knowing how it feels like when i'm training because i'm training mma i will say 90 percent of the time uh and jujitsu jitsu helps me so much with my with my wrestling because it's like it allows me to like create and bring you like submissions letting you waste to getting into certain things you know and now i'm adding other stuff to my repertoire and and you guys uh, have been able to see it in in the way power every week um but um yeah it is really hard to like manage especially when your schedule started, started getting a little like heavy and you are like on fight camp because it's like when you're in fight camp you got to think about not getting hit to like you know Make sure that you you have a plan for what you're gonna do in your fight. It's just kind of like wrestling, but you have to think about the fight. Then when you're in wrestling, you cannot be thinking about MMA and how you're gonna finish your opponent. You gotta think about wrestling, you know. So it's 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 intense, man. Like you gotta like switch the like the, the cassettes in your brain to like focus on like the discipline that
0: you're doing at the moment. Does that make sense? You have to give 100% focus to both things almost at the same time.
1: Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it, it took me a little while, like. I used to, like, call one of my friends. He's a really big uh, wrestling fan, and I'll be, like, freaking out. I'll be having, like, anxiety attacks. I was like, man, I want to be a training right now. I got to work, you know, like, I got to pay my family. And he was just like, listen, Mel, focus on wrestling. You're about to make history. You got to be 100% dedicated to what you're doing right now. You are in the NWA for a reason. Focus on that. And that really helped me so much. Because every time I will start getting a little bit anxiety, I will just think about focus on the moment, not on the future. Right now, on the right now. And that's what I've that's what i been doing, and that's how it, I, I've been, like, much more happier than just focusing like, oh, my God, I have a fight. Oh, my God, I'm going to die, you know? If I don't drink, like, this is going to happen. You know, it's just like,
0: nah, i got to chill. Do you have um, coping me- mechanisms for anxiety? Brother,
1: there is no time for that, and no, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> no time at all.
1: I'm trying to make times. There's days that um like, now I'm trying to make more family time. And, like, yeah, I have a lot of, like, things that i got to get done, like the YouTubes and, like, all these like little like nuances that I, I'm like, oh my god, I finished. But I'm like, I'm okay. You know what? I'm gonna go to the rodeo. I'm gonna go to a walk. Uh, I'm just gonna listen to a podcast. There's like a really good podcast that I like to listen to. Like today, I was gonna listen to it because I was like, today I was having a, like a rough morning. Jay Shetty, like always. Every every time I listen to him, like it helps me so much. Just organizing myself. Um, just going to the gym and sometimes just like when I go to the gym, I I'm a talker, as you can see. I go and talk to the lady at the front. At the front desk, uh, I, I work with uh, World Gym that they um, sponsored me. And um, she's really nice. Like, the staff is really nice. So I just talk about stupid things, and, you know, and, and, and that's fine. Or I I go with my husband to the movies. We like to go to the movies a lot. So, like, those are a lot of the times that I'm, like, now I'm, like, trying to make time at least once a week because it's important. Otherwise, I'll go, I'll go insane. Or you know what, too? When I'm, like, really, really stressed out and anxious, I just start folding clothes. Folding clothes. Yes. Like like a maniac. Or I start cleaning the house at any time of the day. It could be two in the morning, it could be like any time. I just clean the house.
0: I, I I'm assuming you've watched Marie Kondo. No, I don't. <laughs> oh, you love Marie Kondo. It's on Netflix. And she teaches the the Zen art of tidying your house.
1: You know what? I'm gonna I'm writing it down.
0: And, she, and, and she, there's a special way uh, that she teaches you how to fold clothes. Oh my God. I- it's a, a really therapeutic way. It sounds like it'd be something that you'd certainly benefit from. I, I can't recommend Marie Kondo to you enough. Before we get to uh, your third and final match, uh, I'm going to spring this upon you as well as taking a DVD with three wrestling matches on. I'm also going to allow you to take uh, a movie, an album and a luxury item so um as well as everything else you get those three as well so with that in mind uh if you could only take one movie to the island with you what would you take
1: oh my god a movie it's tough in it uh, what is a movie
0: i watch Now, now it hasn't got to be the best movie of all time. Like it hasn't got to be like like a like a a, a massive blockbuster movie. It can just be a movie that just you enjoy watching. Oh
1: man, I will have to say, Episode Three of
0: Star Wars. I
1: keep watching it and I keep crying every time that and I can turn into the dark side.
0: Episode Three. Oh wow! Okay, I like it. I like it. Uh, Are you a Star Wars fan? Yes. Yes, But it's three that three is the one for you. Yeah, I mean,
1: so like, again, it's so emotionally charged and like psychology wise, you like, you know where it's going, but you don't want it to go that way. You know, you already know who's going to be the one. You, you already know the result, but you still watch it because it's just like
0: so sad. You know it's coming and you and there is no amount of time that you have to brace yourself yes,
1: for it. Exactly. It's the same result all the time. Same result. Um, luxury item, it will have to be my moist my facial moisturizer. I can, I cannot live without it. I just bought it. It's super expensive. But my face feels great. And I can't be with like, I can't be anywhere with a nasty, like dry face.
0: What brand is your facial moisturizer? It starts with K. Kierce or I think Skears. I think Okay. Okay. Uh, you, is, is, like, a beauty regime an important thing? I guess if you're putting paint on your face most nights of the week, I guess you need to look after your, your skin in, in, in a lot of ways. No,
1: I think I started, like, being more like a, a Nazi with my, my skin um a couple years ago <laughs> because he was, like, so dry. Like, every time I was, like – because I was traveling a lot, uh, and, and it was just, like, nasty, and I'm like, I don't want to have a face like that. Or um I mean, I want to – I guess I, I want to look young, until like i'm really like by my 40s 50s uh, i mean it, it, this is funny because i always say that i had a goal in life and that was to become to become a milf a milf <laughs> yes a MILF.
0: <laughs> so, it's important to have a goal <laughs> it's important to have a dream <laughs>
1: my, my my son is always like my friends are liking your pictures i i feel i
0: feel uncomfortable Oh, but if, if if that's if that's happening, then then the dream the dream has been accomplished, dream fulfilled. And how about an album? What album would you take?
1: Well, this album will have to be a collection of music from the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, and two thousands. You can't okay. an album like I you know kind of like Spotify style style. Give us
0: um give us a couple of songs that would be on the album.
1: Uh, the immigrant song.
0: Oh, very oh yeah, the immigrant song's a good shout. That
1: one, um, um Oh my god. There's another one that uh, Leonard Skinner's song that I really like.
0: Sweet Home Alabama. Nope. That's the really
1: obvious one. Oh no. I don't want that song in there. It's too <laughs> obvious. No, it's a it's an um in a Rob Zombie m- song um um movie. I really, really enjoy it. I have this I'm I'm singing the
0: song in my head. Is it Freebird?
1: Freebird, yes,
0: yes. <laughs> Freebird,
1: yes. Every, I play that song every time I'm on a road trip. It has to ah oh. that one. Um, road tripping. Uh, from uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Scar Tissue from Red Red Hot Chili Peppers. I have to have some shade in that thing. Some like it has to be some um, Latino rock music. Some reggaeton, some salsa, like it's everything. Like I, you know, I I listen
0: to everything. Your third and final match for your DVD then.
1: Toyota and Akira Hokotu, the AJW Destiny 1995. I watch this match every time I'm about to have
0: a championship match. Pre-title match warm-up superstition type thing. Hell
1: yeah. (laughs) Oh! It's hard-hitting. It, it, it tells a great story. They give the girls probably like almost 25 minutes on the match, and it's so intense from beginning to end. You know, they start like somebody goes for a fuck, for a clothesline, and the person fuck, like German suplex them at the beginning of the match. Not, not, they don't wait. 30 power bombs, like you know, Miami's like flying from every single angle in the in, in the in the match. Top rope, middle rope, like the, she don't care. She's just flying everywhere. It's just, like, so good. There's so many submissions, too, like, car hitting, tons of kicks. Like, man, I was just like, oh, I don't know. It just it, get, it gets me pumped, pumped
0: up. And what's amazing is that match is from the mid-'90s. And you think that, like, you know, we talk a lot about this, about, about sort of the quote-unquote women's revolution that's happened in the last five or six years, but it just shows you how ahead of their own time these two were. No,
1: absolutely, man. Like, I watched some of this stuff from like the 19th and 1980s and 1990s from Japan. And I see some of the people that I, you know, I look up to and uh, people that women that I have talked to from before. And they tell me like their stories and where they have a lot of like luchador, a uh, couple of luchador friends. Uh, one of them is Lady Apache. And she told me that she was going on tours like every six months. And she was staying in Japan every six months. And she's like, dude, when you're talking about hard work, that was me making money in Japan. Like, they used to beat the crap out of us, you know? Rosie Moreno, too, and she 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 showed me one. She was like, I want you to watch this, this match, and I want you to tell me. And I literally watched the match, and I was like, did you ever even get an offense move? And she was like, no. Every time we went out there, it was, we're getting our ass beat. So for you guys to be complaining about us being stiff, well, let me tell you something. Watch this match and tell me
0: about it. It must be amazing to 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 have that match that is such an important part of your, your pre-match ritual and, and to be somebody who is really making progress uh, in Japan right now. Obviously, you're not out there at the moment uh, due to, uh, obviously, the, the coronavirus issue. You're not out there, but uh, you have been doing a lot of stuff in Japan over the last few months, haven't you, and beyond?
1: Yes, yes. And it's so exciting because I'm working with a new group of women that are, like, um, trying to change, you know, the the geographics, I will say, of, of women's wrestling in Japan. A lot of these girls are, like, you know, first generation. Um, they come from, like, the entertainment business. Um, they're from all kinds of ages. They're not, like, little girls. So they're really trying to do something different, you know, and, and some of them are ex- excellent technicians and, um, and excellent wrestlers. Some of them, like I said, they're, they're learning, and they're, like, um, using pro wrestling as a way to promote uh, women empowerment. So everybody has like like a different role, and that that's what it makes this company and specific Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling so special. And although again we date or we use uh, our our sex appeal as a way to like attract uh, fans, um, some of them are like I said they're great great wrestlers, and and they come from like different different places, and and that's what I, I really love because um uh, their characters are amazing. Some of them are the what is it the Magic Rabbits the tag team one of one of the tactics
0: te- i love the magic rabbits they're amazing
1: <laughs> and uh one of them she is like one of the best wrestlers in the in, in japan i mean she took a really hard test and she came number one you know uh and then well, the other one was it's an aw she's a, like the one that dresses up like aladdin you know they're they're doing they're doing things in uh in hollywood too they, they i don't know if you got to see uh, the youtube video where a couple of them that were doing this uh, fighting scene I saw it on on Twitter and I saw the stuff and and they've been doing a lot of stuff with like TV and stuff. And then they're they're in a commercial too. Tagaki-san, he knows what he's doing, you know, and he started four years ago. Like I said, a lot of these girls, they, they were, they had no name and they're made a name for themselves in, in, in the pro wrestling business. And now, like I said, they're opening and uh, opening it up to like some of our, some of the foreigners and they opened the doors for me, uh, a year and a half ago and um and he was very very pleased with my work and and you know now I became the first ever non-foreign I mean foreign foreign non-Japanese Wrestler to win a championship in the company. Yeah, man, I, I really enjoy
0: it. For wherever you are in the world, you seem to be writing history, which is which is amazing to see.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's that's so exciting.
0: This and this has been really wonderful to chat with you as well. And I'd, where can people go uh, to keep up to date with what you're doing next?
1: Well, first of all, you guys can go on uh, watch me on NWA Power every Tuesday at six five, Eastern time, or you can definitely uh, go on. YouTube and watch my, my latest YouTube videos and learn more about me in a very personal level. Um, the last, uh, video that I uploaded was me going back to Oakland and and showing where I used to live and, you know, where the name came from and everything. So if you guys get a chance, watch that video, I really enjoy making it. Um, then, uh, you can also watch my stories, my life stories on Instagram. I love, some Instagram whore.
0: <laughs> I do well, I liked it because you, when you sent me the message, and the, you know, again, behind the curtain, when you sent me the message saying, oh, I'm going to be about 10 minutes late, I could jump onto Instagram and see that you were walking the dog. Yes. And so I know exactly why, what was going on. <laughs> yes. It's, very, it's a very in-depth Instagram story that you keep.
1: Yeah, I do. And it's mostly like, usually because I spend a lot of time with Drago. A lot of people love Drago.
0: Because when
1: he is lovable, he's lovable. But when he is a pain in the ass, he is a pain in the ass. So definitely go on on, on Instagram and follow my stuff. The same with YouTube. We have a uh, giveaway. Uh, We're trying to get 6,000 followers. That's going to take us a little while. But we have a $100 surprise box for whoever the winner is going to be in a second second place. So we'll be announcing that after we we reach that. Um, Also, you can follow me on Twitter which uh, Twitter gets hot sometimes and we go back and forth with a lot of people. And mm. um, and then Facebook, you can like my page and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. And if you want to get some super dope, super, super dope merchandise, you have to go to Com.